Good afternoon and welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Monday afternoon, the ninth day of October 2023. And I've been listening to the news. I've been listening to the conservative-based talk shows, both on the radio and on air and online. I've been watching the news shows on Fox, on CNN, on MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC. And every single solitary person in the media is failing to make the correlation that I am about to make to you. And if you are in, uh, in sync, if you are intelligent, if you are thoughtful, if you are educated, if you are a lover of history, you will see that what is happening right now with Israel and the Gaza Strip is the same thing that was happening with Israel and the Gaza Strip back when Jimmy Carter was the president. Iranian hostages? Check. Remember, Iran had a bunch of U.S. hostages? Well, this time it's the Hamas people, financed by who? Iran. Who got their money from who? Joe Biden, over the past few months, releasing lots and lots of seized monies from terrorist groups from Iran and we're giving them their money back so that they can afford to finance the terrorist attacks on Israel, which by the way, are far, far more destructive and deadly than the 9-11 attacks here in the United States of America. Correlation number one, check. Let's go to correlation number two, shall we? Correlation number two, the similarities between the Jimmy Carter presidency and the Joe Biden presidency. War over energy, OPEC and other Arab nations seeking desperately and succeeding in causing our oil, gasoline prices, diesel prices to skyrocket. Why? Because Joe Biden, just like Jimmy Carter, stopped production in America. These clowns do everything they can to curtail our domestic energy production industry. And this is how we end up paying the price. The similarities are uncanny. The history is right there. You can compare Jimmy Carter's presidency to Joe Biden's presidency. The reason this is happening now, just shy of three years into Joe Biden's presidency, is because world leaders see and hear and know how feeble, how weak, how incapable, inept, unqualified, mentally unstable Joe Biden is. We all know Joe's not actually pulling the strings, but some wackadoodle out there with a one world order mentality is pulling Joe Biden's strings. Now think about this, my friends. They claim that about 2,000 unlawful entries into Israel have occurred in the past three years. That they've traced directly to these people who pulled off this massive attack with slaughter effects, murderous rage of women, infants, children, young men, old people. These folks from Hamas 
are no different than, here comes the correlation, the 9-11 terrorist hijackers who came into our country. And because we are a nation of no borders, open borders, rolling out the welcome mat for all of these terrorist organizations, all of those folks not only got into the United States of America, but they learned how to fly in our own pilot schools, our own flight academies. And then, bringing simple box cutters on board aircraft, they hijacked American jetliners and flew them into the World Trade Center, Tower 1, flew them into the World Trade Center, Tower 2, caused the collapse of Tower 7, flew another one into the Pentagon, for crying out loud, and another one headed for either the White House or the Capitol. We'll never know because, thankfully, that plane crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. They say 2,000 people got into Israel and wreaked havoc on all of those civilians over the weekend. Joe Biden has opened our southern border completely. Seven million people will have entered that we know of, that we have encountered, that we've simply let come right on through since Joe Biden took office. And five times as many have gotten away at minimum. According to the Border Patrol, five to 15 get away for every one that is caught. Let's use the worst case scenario. If seven million came through and were caught, encountered, processed, and simply released into our nation as a diversion so that 15 times seven can get into our country without being caught, without tying up the resources of the Border Patrol, Customs and Border Protection, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the National Guard, and all of the other agencies supposedly working to secure a wide open border, how many of those who have come across not wanting to be caught will engage in a similar activity right here in the United States of America? Will there be a coordinated attack that even our intelligence gathering agencies don't know about? Remember, those people in Mossad, the Israeli intelligence forces, some of the most highly trained intel gathering people on this planet did not even hear rumblings. With all of the technology, all of the listening devices, all of the spy equipment available in 2023, the most technologically advanced time in human history, no one heard a peep about this attack in Israel. No one was prepared. No one was warned. If that doesn't scare the living crap out of you, then I don't know what will. The, the sequence of events that occurred in Israel could occur here at any given moment. And Israel controls who comes in and out of their borders. They have extremely tight border security. They have an iron dome defense system that we pay for, that we 
paid for. My friends, if those thousands of Hamas and Arab-friendly people could get into Israel and do the level of destruction that was done this past weekend and open the floodgates of hell, which will likely lead to World War III, and that happened with a very tight border around Israel, then how do you think we can possibly protect these United States of America against a similar and albeit probably 10 to 100 times worse series of attacks which could happen tonight. They could actually be happening right now as I record this program for all I know. Our CIA, our FBI, our government would keep that from us. You know it. Look what else they have hidden from us. The entire Joe Biden crime family and all of the influence peddling that happened there. We still don't know about it. We still don't know if Bill Clinton inhaled. We still don't know if Michelle Obama is really a dude. We still don't know who killed John F. Kennedy. We still don't know what they have locked away at Area 51. And I'm not trying to be a wackadoodle conspiracy theorist here, my friend. We still do not know what caused those fires that burned parts of Hawaii to a crisp and yet left buildings painted blue intact and left trees, trees, you know, things made of flammable wood, left trees intact. We still don't know. And if they're willing to keep that information from us, if they're willing to keep the origins of the Wuhan China novel Corona Fauci flu virus from us, and they're still hiding that, they still haven't come out and admitted what we all know, then do you think they will tell us if we have been attacked or are in the process of being attacked, or if we feel as if we are about to be attacked by militant Hamas people, Taliban people, ISIS people, Chinese Communist Party people, Russians, North Koreans, who seek to do us harm. If they're keeping all of the secrets from us that we know they're keeping, what the hell are they not telling us that we haven't even imagined yet? 2,000 to 2,500 people illegally crossed the border into Israel and killed hundreds if not thousands of Israeli citizens and foreign nationals, American citizens. Thousands and thousands of lives in jeopardy. And we know absolutely nothing. And Joe Biden and his administration, almost carbon copy, mirror image duplicates of the failed Jimmy Carter administration. Our country headed in a similar trajectory. Manufactured energy crisis, check. High inflation, 
17.5% over the short period of time of the last two and three quarter years. Check. Energy rationing. Well, you see it in California with brownouts and blackouts. You see it in Texas where their power grid can't keep up. What about all the crime and all of the drugs? Back in the 70s, it was cocaine and heroin. Today, it's fentanyl. What about the racial divide that was very prevalent while Jimmy Carter was president? Why can't we all just get along? Versus today, making a hero out of a criminal thug animal named George Floyd, a drug-using, drug-selling, armed-robbing, counterfeit-passing piece of human filth. We've taken down statues and plaques and renamed buildings that were named for revered, honorable Americans. Taken those down. And now we have murals, statues, and plaques to a criminal thug animal, a piece of human filth, because he died of a drug overdose and a heart attack while the cops were trying to arrest him in the middle of committing yet another in the dozens and dozens of crimes he had already committed. This is where we are, folks, in 2023, and you are listening to the Truth Hurts program. So I took today, being a federal holiday, and took the old boat out for a ride. Ran like a dream on a very smooth, calm lake. It was very nice. Speckled trout and one redfish. Throwbacks. I'm not a... wasn't in the mood to bring them home and clean them and what have you. Besides that, I'm not sure if my fishing license is still valid, to be quite honest with you. So I didn't want to take something and get caught and... Well, you know the routine. Anyway... I was talking to a guy at the boat launch and he asked me something about or he made a mention about all this stuff that's going on in America and how he could barely afford to fill up the tank of his boat and his car and uh, I agreed I said well that's what you call Bidenomics that's what you call Joe Biden's inflation and this man was an African-American gentleman and he said you know as a black man I've been programmed to vote Democrat every time. And I didn't vote for Donald Trump, even though I like Donald Trump. He said, I liked him when he was on The Apprentice. I liked him in just about everything he's ever done. Man tells it like it is. And I just chuckled because, well, the Truth Hurts program is where we tell it like it is. He said, though, he didn't vote for him the first time. He did vote for him the second time because he saw all of the good things that Trump had done for America. He said, and it's a damn shame that you are actually ashamed to admit that you voted for Donald Trump, especially if you're black, you are ridiculed, you are castigated, vilified, made out to be some kind of Uncle Tom, even though Joe Biden is as lily white of a white privileged white guy as any white guy ever was on planet Earth. So I took the opportunity to just dig in a little bit. And I said, you know, it's a shame that the black community has been hijacked by the Democrat Party. And after 65, 70 years 
of being lied to each and every four years after being rolled out as the victims every four years. The Democrats have done nothing despite being in power for a large portion of the time. They've done nothing for the black community. And this black man made my day. He says, well, first of all, I don't like the words black community. There's no black community, white community, he said. It's just the community. And if the community happens to have a lot of black folks in it, they find the dumbest of the dumb and they band them all together with one of the smart ones who's getting kickbacks or payoffs or however by the democratic machine to tease those people and trick those people and lie to those people and tell those people that it's the Republicans that are doing them wrong. And I said, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I said, I'll be quite honest with you. That is refreshing to hear because many of the folks that I work with who are black and I didn't say African-American, this guy didn't look like the kind of guy who really appreciates that terminology. I said, many of my co-workers who are black, they all feel like they have to hurry up and go run and find the letter D behind a candidate's name before they can listen to what he says or agree with what he says. I was quite pleased with the conversation. I asked him how he did. He said he caught two trout, two small trout, so he threw them back because they were too small. And uh, he said, but I didn't really come out to fish fish. I just came out to goof around. And I said, yeah, me too, just to run the boat. Hasn't been in the water in about a month or so. So I figured we'd take it out and, and take a ride. Anyway, enough about my Columbus Day. I hope your Columbus Day has been filled with fun and productivity or filled with whatever the hell it is you wanted to do. And if you're a federal employee, a state employee, then you were paid today, a paid holiday to do whatever the hell you wanted to do. So as I sat in the oyster bar after leaving the lake, I went to the oyster bar and had a cold beer and a couple of dozen on the half shell. Nice, great, salty oysters from Port Sulphur, Louisiana on the Gulf of Mexico. I reflected for a moment while speaking with Keith, the oyster shucker, another African-American man, really nice guy. And we talked for a little while. He brought up the subject of the New Orleans Saints beating the New England Patriots in a shutout at Gillette Stadium and how awesome the Saints are becoming. And I said, oh, hold on now. They played one of the worst teams in the NFL. And after exhaling for two weeks in a row, the team finally got an inhale. They finally got a win. Don't go running around. And I hope the team doesn't go running around saying, oh, we shut out the Patriots in their home field. We're the greatest. Now we can sit back and slack. So a little football talk. And then he brought up a little bit of politics, asking me what I thought about what was going on over in Israel. And I said, well, what's going on over in Israel is an absolute travesty. Israel is one of the most well-armed nations on planet Earth. And messing with Israel, not a good idea. Messing with Israel is the same thing as going into a redneck community and trying to commit armed robbery at the gun store or the pawn shop. Everyone is well-armed. Everyone's going to take care of business. 
And those people from Hamas might be a little too big for their britches right now. And I think Israel is going to rain holy fire down upon those in the Gaza Strip. And unfortunately for those in the Gaza Strip, just like unfortunately for the men, the women, the infants, and the children in Israel, this time Israel is not going to use restraint. They're going to go in and they're going to take care of business. And that will probably mean lots of women and children of the Arabic persuasion are going to die. Now that's a shame, but you give what you get. The way the Arabs, the Hamas people, went in and blew up churches and schools and busy businesses, synagogues and places of worship and what have you, doing that is basically going into a redneck gun shop and saying, I'm going to kill you all, and then complaining when the gun store owner and all the patrons open fire on you and leave you looking like red Swiss cheese. My biggest issue is the United States of America has often, or has for a long time rather, been an ally of Israel. And this may yet be another opportunity for the Biden crime family to continue its money laundering operation, only this time sending millions and millions of tax dollars to a country that really doesn't need any tax dollars from us. Israel, a very wealthy country, a very well-armed and well-stocked arsenal. I don't think they need anything other than maybe for us to go out there and do a little flexing. Put a couple of aircraft carriers out there in the sea. Maybe beef up our presence. That way, people like China and Russia will get the idea that this isn't one you want to get involved in. When you look at the geopolitical importance to the United States and our military might that Israel provides for us, it is basically our refueling depot. It is basically our eyes and ears to keep an eye on the Middle East, on OPEC and all the goings on. The United States of America has been around, what, 240 years or so, give or take. Um, the conflict between the Israelis and the Arabs is over 2,000 years old. Think of the 12 tribes of Abraham. Think of this, the Levites and the Thisvites and the Thatvites. Think of all of those nations who were nothing more in the beginning than a bunch of wandering nomads, riding camels, herding camels, what have you, and trying to eke out little pieces of land where there might have been a small wellspring, a small pond where there was some water. Over the centuries, not over the decades, but over the centuries, this land has been fought over by roving rival gangs, for for lack of a better word. Israel happens to be the nation that we are friends with, that we support. And you can go all the way down to the 
Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and all of those movies, we've always had a good working relationship with Israel. I'm not saying we should open up the coffers of the United States in another multi-billion dollar draining of our treasury, but we do need to help out our Israeli neighbors against their Arab oppressors. Now, some people will say we need to stay the hell out of there, and those are the very same people who say we should be helping the Ukraine. It's strange how the double standard works, depending on which political party you are affiliated with. Anyway, enough about that. It is Columbus Day, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and all that stuff. But in schools around the country today, you don't hear anything about Christopher Columbus. Nope, because to celebrate Columbus is to celebrate bigotry, racism, white supremacy, according to those on the left. They'd rather you sit back and celebrate Sacagawea, Sacanuts, and Sacca this and that and the other. They'd rather you celebrate Pocahontas, Pocahiney, Pocahini, and all those. They'd much rather you celebrate the Chippewa and the Cherokee and the Seminole and the Creek and the Navajo, the Native Americans, as I used to call them before we had to now call them the indigenous people of this stolen land now known as the USA. When I was coming up, we called them Indians. Indians. You know, the guys with the feathers on their head, not the dots. Supposedly now, because we're such a horrible country, the United States of America, because we're so mean and evil and imperialistic, because we are such horrible white people, we should be doing something for the losers of the Americans versus Indians wars that took place over a hundred plus years in the early onset of our nation. To celebrate the indigenous people, which is what the left wants you to do, celebrate the Cherokee, celebrate the Navajo, celebrate the Blackfoot, celebrate this Indian tribe and that Indian tribe, but don't call them Indians. That same group of Democrats will tell you, while you should celebrate the losers of that war, don't you dare celebrate Ulysses S. Grant, excuse me, don't you dare celebrate Robert E. Lee. Ulysses S. Grant is the hero, even though he owns slaves. The Confederacy should never be celebrated, ever, because the South, you know, lost. Why would you celebrate the losers? You don't see us out there celebrating Saddam Hussein. Not yet. You don't see us out there celebrating Adolf Hitler. Why would we celebrate the Confederacy? In that same mode of thinking, if that's correct, then we should never ever celebrate anyone, any of the Indians. There shouldn't be a Pocahontas on a silver dollar. There should never be any tributes to any of the losing Indian tribes. But yet, the Democrats have managed to find a way to not only celebrate and honor the losers, the tribes of savage Indians who were far, far inferior to our mighty, mighty American army, 
No, my friends, they not only celebrate them and honor them, but they give them entire swaths of land, lots of property. They give them tax breaks. They give them all sorts of things that they don't deserve, that they shouldn't have. They even include them as independent nations when talking about FEMA grant funding and things of that nature. It's ridiculous the way we treat the losers of wars with the United States. As long as that war loser, that tribe of Indians, continues to vote one way, the Democratic Political Party way, then they, the Democratic Political Party, will continue catering to, pandering to, and even bowing down before the losing tribes of Indians, of Native Americans, of feathers, not dots. All right, folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time.